Hi, everyone. This is Betty Who, and I'm hosting the brand new podcast, Unfiltered, the JBL podcast, from your friends at JBL and iHeartRadio. Join me each week as I chat with some of my favorite innovators, groundbreakers, and inspiring individuals. Together, we'll learn about every twist and turn and door slammed in their face that led them to being some of the world's finest creatives and disruptors. Listen to Unfiltered, the JBL podcast, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. This month, we're highlighting women who led extraordinary lives of resistance. Whether fighting tyranny, oppression, sexism, racism, or reproductive control, these women created paths for change. Today, we're talking about the woman dubbed China's Joan of Arc. This feminist poet and warrior defied tradition to become a martyr for the revolution that transformed China into a republic. Meet Cho Jin. Cho Jin was born on November 8, 1875, in the southern port city of Xiamen. Cho Jin belonged to a respected gentry family, which meant she received a good education. As a child, she loved to study the stories of female heroes and warriors from Chinese history. She read the legends of Hua Mulan, who famously dressed as a man to take her father's place in the army. Cho Jin's parents also let her learn martial arts with an older male cousin. By the age of 13, she was writing original poetry. She began one poem like this. Don't tell me women are not the stuff of heroes. Cho Jin may have been a feminist from a young age, but she was still expected to conform to the gender norms of her time. She learned needlework and endured the now-outlawed practice of foot-binding. She also had to have an arranged marriage with a suitor her father selected. She was in her early 20s when she married Wang Tingzhen, the son of a wealthy merchant family. The couple had two children together, a daughter and a son. Cho Jin found her new role as a wife and mother stifling and didn't care for her husband. She wrote, That person's behavior is worse than an animal's. He treats me as less than nothing. When I think of him, my hair bristles with anger. It's absolutely unbearable. Cho Jin and her family moved to Beijing around 1903. In the bustling city, she found new inspiration and social freedom. In an act of rebellion, she chose to unbind her feet. She also continued her study of swordplay and started to experiment with wearing men's clothing. Cho Jin forged friendships with other like-minded women who felt equally trapped by traditional gender roles. She was also developing a strong political consciousness. The early 20th century was a period of great unrest for China. The Qing Dynasty had been in power since the mid-17th century and was becoming increasingly unpopular. China had lost territory to Japan and the country was facing the foreign threat of Western colonialism. Many Chinese citizens were ready for a revolution, and Cho Jin was one of them. Not long after moving to Beijing, Cho Jin decided she needed to escape the oppressive life she faced as a woman in traditional society. She sold her jewelry to afford passage on a ship to Japan, leaving her husband and children behind. Japan had embraced modernization more quickly than China, so it was a popular destination for young Chinese intellectuals who wanted to break away from tradition and explore new ways of life. 
While she was there, Chojin became embedded in revolutionary circles. She joined the Triad, an underground society with a mission to overthrow the Qing Dynasty. She also continued to study martial arts and even learned to make bombs. Around 1906, Chojin returned to China, determined to help drive the country to revolution. She founded a feminist magazine called Chinese Women's Journal and wrote about the cruelty of foot-binding and arranged marriages. By 1907, Chojin was in charge of the Datong School, which was secretly a training ground for young revolutionaries. She also worked with an anti-Qing group to organize a rebellion. As summer approached, Cho Jin began coordinating with her cousin and fellow rebel Xu Xilin to schedule several uprisings. But these plans were cut short when Xu Xilin was captured by government officials, tortured and executed. Cho Jin knew soldiers would be coming for her too, but she refused to run away or go into hiding. On July 13, 1907, troops descended on the Datong School. Cho Jin and some of her students tried to fight them off, but Cho Jin was ultimately arrested. Government officials tried to torture information out of Cho Jin to learn more about her revolutionary plots, but she refused to reveal anything. On July 15, 1907, Cho Jin was publicly executed in a square in her family's ancestral hometown of Shaoxing. She was 31 years old. After her death, Cho Jin was embraced by many as a hero and martyr. In 1911, the revolution that Cho Jin dedicated her final years to finally happened, and the Qing Dynasty fell. All month, we're highlighting women who led lives of resistance. For more information, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. As always, we'll be taking a break for the weekend. Talk to you on Monday.